Hello and welcome to Songs for When. The music podcast designed to help you find the perfect playlist for any occasion. Editor of Songs for When, born in 1992, M, <laughs> my best friend. It's M. <laughs> <laughs> My one's a lot, it's not as good, but it's sort of relevant. Um, <laughs> and he's oh, too sexy, too sexy for his shirt. It's George. <laughs> it's been a minute. How have you been? Um, depressed. Oh, honey. She's not even joking. <laughs> She's not we even went jo- to Disneyland, didn't we? And now we're not at Disneyland. Unfortunately, unless you work at Disneyland, that is a cruel fact of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, since it's just not being at Disney is just not fun. No, nah, it's it's quite a, quite a depressing, isn't it? It's like taking grape. It's like eating grapefruit whilst taking sertraline. Don't be doing it. it Do not. With the effects of the drug. <laughs> <laughs> it can either give you too much of it. <laughs> or block it, block it working altogether. That is not my words, Em. Those are the words of medical professionals. Exactly. <sighs> I did have a lilt the other day, though. They are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw the word grapefruit, and I went, "No, this lilt, this entire liter, two liters of lilt was a pound. I'm just going to drink it." Sometimes, maybe, maybe. Oh my god, maybe it's not being at Disney. Maybe it's not not being at Disney. Maybe it was the lilt. <laughs> Maybe it's the lilt. <laughs> Fuck. Do you know what's also really depressing? What? The reason why we're making this episode today. That makes it sound like we're done. Like we're not <laughs> doing it. <laughs> that makes it like the reason we're making this episode today is because we are not making any more episodes. You know what we should do? We should put that as a clip and then do like a dramatic music. <gasps> a scandal. And everyone will be like, why? Why are they so depressed? <laughs> um edging we'll edge the audience that's not the word <laughs> clickbait clickbait edging. not edging not edging not edging no that's not what it is um this we're making this episode in celebration of the fact um that i turned 13 now i'm turning 30 no yeah He's turning 30. When George turned 30, he was in Disneyland. When I turned 30, I'll have had an episode of Songs for When Out. You know, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> seriously, though, that is the case because George, because George got to be in Disney, I get a dead <laughs> I get an episode of our podcast dedicated to me. Do you know what? I'm fine with it. I've missed recording with you quite no, a lot. Fair, I have as well. I don't really have anything to do other than this podcast. <laughs> oh, I've got the telly. Yeah, well, I've got TV. I work a bit. <laughs> I've been on annual leave. You have, but Easter. Easter, and it was my husband's birthday. We went to see Death Drop Play, starring Latrice Royale and Kitty Scott Claus and Vinegar Strokes. And it was ridiculous and funny. Just what you'd want. Did Ollie have a good time? Yeah, he loved it. He had an ice cream at the interval, and really, that's all he wants from his yeah. life. What flavour? Salted caramel. Yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> caramel. Caramel. 
And I had an elderflower presse. Did you? Oh, lovely. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I do like ice cream, but I don't necessarily feel the need to have one at the interval. Interval? Kidding me. I can't say words. What are you doing for your birthday? Where are you going? Me and Tom are going to go to Dorset for a few days. Stay in the Shepherd's Hut. See some deers. That is stunning. Have some Dorset tea. Dorset tea. Um, Chippy tea. Have a chippy tea. I just got some other things planned. I'm going on. A, I'm going on a vineyard tour. I'm doing some stuff. I'm doing some You're going stuff. on a vineyard tour. Yeah, on the Saturday. Oh, with, lovely! With some peeps. Look, is that a work-related thing? No, nope, just going. Just going. That is gorgeous. I'm turning thirty. Part of the reason that we're making this episode, isn't it? Part of the reason is that I'm turning 30. Yeah, and, you know, just also to celebrate a, a wonderful year in music. Today, we're celebrating the year of our birth, the year of the birth of me and George, the year of the birth of Disneyland Paris. <laughs> True. The year 1992. I love that. I'm so excited. Do you know what? When, like, researching, preparing, getting ready for this episode... It's a solid year of music. There's so much to choose from. I I found that too. And when I looked on Wikipedia about the year 1992 in terms of music, apparently, it, what's on Wikipedia says it's not a good year for music. And then I was listening to all the songs and all the playlists and I was like, Wikipedia, a fucking liar. Well, I think we've proven this with the 10 songs we've chosen. Um, I think this is the best playlist we've ever made. <gasps> I know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys are in for a (laughs) treat. So as you know by now, uh, here at Songs for When, what we do is we pick a playlist theme and then we go away, we pick five songs each that we think best suit that playlist theme and then we come together here and discuss and critique and pick apart each other's choices. And this week, our theme, as we've already discussed, is Songs for When You're Turning 30, a celebration of the year 1992. Stunning. It's a great year. It's going to be the best decade of our lives until the next one. And then we'll be like, the 40s is the best decade of our lives. (laughs) The only reason that I'm like fussed about turning 30 is I just don't, other than this podcast, I don't really know what I've achieved. Oh, no, you've achieved lots of things. Go on. You are a qualified teacher. You don't use that. Don't do it, but you qualified <laughs> in it. You don't put me on the spot. You have a very <laughs> You have a very successful relationship. Successful, yeah, it's quite successful. <laughs> anyway, let's Talk about something else brilliant that came from the year 1992 other than me and George, the music. Thank you for the music. That's what was in my head as well, right? What a song. Who's going first today? Uh, I'll go first, if you like. Okay, so for my first pick, I have chosen the song that was number one on the day I entered the world. Oh my God. I just thought, what a good choice. What, what a way to kick it off. Because really, for me, that was where the year 1992 began, right? <laughs> the day that you entered it. You know, I wasn't around for the first bit of it. <laughs> so the song that was number one when I was born was Stay by Shakespeare's Day.
like mine was deeply zippy by right said Fred. <laughs> it was. My original idea for the players was like, I was like, right, okay, we've got like a core group of friends. I'm going to pick each of the songs that were number one on the day we were all born. Um, in the year 1992. In 1992. Apart from Amy, who was born in 91, so I was going to pick the song that was for her first birthday. They were all rubbish, apart <laughs> from mine. So that stayed. Pardon the pun. And um, the rest of yours all went in the bin. Yeah, because they're rubbish. Yeah, they are rubbish. But Stay is not a rubbish song. Stay is a... I mean, I've kicked us off with a depression banger. You know what's really weird as well? There's a lot of these artists from 1992 that we've picked. Like, what are they doing? Well, Shakespeare's sister, you know, half of Shakespeare's sister is two people, two sisters, but, you know. Uh, one half of them was in Bananarama before she left the group and formed Shakespeare's sister. So she's doing that. She's being a former Bananarama member. And? A former Shakespeare's sister member. Yeah. So are they doing anything fun? Well, they've just been on a Bananarama reunion tour. And then straight after the Bananarama reunion tour, she went on a Shakespeare's sister reunion tour. (laughs) Uh, So no, they're not really. (laughs) No, really, they're just like, like their whole, I mean... Taking the piss, but their whole life has been defined by being in Bananarama or Shakespeare's sister. Yeah. At least Bananarama had more than one hit. When we originally said that we were going to do this, it was yeah. actually quite overwhelming to be like, oh my God, is is there enough from the year 1992? And like, obviously we've worked out that there is. But Shakespeare's sister was at the top of like most of the list. Like, it was apparently like the most successful song of the year, at yeah, least in the like, UK. All the music that's come out of 1992. But make sure you listen to Shakespeare's sister stay. I really like the bit where she goes, you better bomb Back. Like she actually gets quite intense. You do that voice for a lot of females. <laughs> intense female singers. Yeah. Back in your own world. It's like Shakira. <laughs> Shakira's like, oh. Do you remember when Cher Lloyd did this on the X Factor like twelve times? Twelve times. Yeah, she did it like one week, and then she did it as like her, when she was in the bottom two, and then she did it again in the final. It was like her best song of the series. So maybe I'm exaggerating, but that is quite a lot of times. Yeah, especially for this song. When was Cher Lloyd born? Probably she's younger than us for sure. She. Yeah, she's got to be. You find it out. Yeah, 1993. So she wasn't far off. Well, she wasn't alive when this song came out. Nope. I technically wasn't a lot. We weren't alive when this song came out because this, this song came out in July, in June of 92. It can't have because it was number one when I was born it in March. Came what, out in nine... January. It came out in January. Oh, so it might have been a, it might have been a grower. Like, yeah, I, why up. did I say June? I don't know. You got me panicking. Yeah, it was definitely... Yeah, maybe because back in the day, songs didn't just like go in at number one, did they? They built up. Yeah. So maybe that's what old shaky sisters did. Someone should have told that to Lisa Scott Lee. <laughs> so that's that the Shakespeare Sister State one of the top hits of 1992 Which often tops the list it was always on the list there are loads of like pre-made playlists and stuff and that's mm. fine but we've picked the 10 best and that's, that's yeah not even of our list. opinion just like factual mm. Mm. go on then give me your first my first song is going to be 
I think an absolute classic from the year 1992, and it's Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, lovely stuff. Apparently Alan Partridge has taken over hosting duties today. I was struggling with a few um, at the end there and I asked my mum and she was like, you can't get rid of Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's like, they're like, it's almost like their signature song. I think of this, by the way, and Can't Stop as like their signature tunes. Exactly. Under the Bridge is a classic. It is. And it's so good. I love the bit where like the chorus, like the choir kicks in. We have spoken about um, Red Hot Chili Peppers before, actually, haven't we? Because you put them on the Summer Songs playlist. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. On episodes you should not go and listen to. <laughs> They're no fault of our own. No, they, you know, the, the what we had to say was so good. But the quality of the, what was said was not. Hashtag anchor. Hashtag never again. Um, anyway... Red Hot Chili Peppers Under the Bridge. I know you like Red Hot Chili Peppers as well. I love Red Hot Chili Peppers. Why did you, but you picked it just what? Because it's a classic? It's a classic. I think it's a classic. And I, I think one of the things that I tried to do as well was like look at some... Well, firstly, I think I just picked some random ones. But then you've also got to look at like really well-known songs that you obviously you just wouldn't know that came out in the year 1992. It's not on the list because we've already included it, but um, Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit also was released in 1992. Exactly. I can't believe Wikipedia had the cheek to say it was a bad year for music. Yeah, when like iconic songs like this came out. And iconic songs like Stay by Shakespeare's sister. So the internet is saying that Under the Bridge was released in 1991, but it wasn't. Al- so the album came out in 91. I think it might have been released as a single as in 92. It was released in March 10th, 1992. Yeah, so that counts. Just because it was out as an album... You know, the general public might not have known it. Yeah, it was a song from the year 1992. Exactly. Do you know what? So, do you know what I really like about this song? Mm-hmm. There are two fantastic versions. There is this, the original, with the proper like drums and the guitar and the choir and everything. And then you've got the mid 90s, mid to late 90s R and B influence All Saints version. No. Do you not know it? I do, but I haven't linked the two. Why haven't I linked the two? They're such different songs. They does ha- they do have the stamp of approval from the Red Hot Chili Peppers with No it. way. Yeah, they apparently were like, oh, this is because it's like different enough. It's they unique. made it their own. Yeah, it's not just like they sang under the bridge. They did it like as an All Saints song. It's brilliant. It's so good. They sound amazing on it. Like I know of it, but in my head, like the connection just wasn't there. And I think one of the reasons is because this song. I think loads of people will recognise this song, but people might actually know that this is called Under the Bridge unless they're actually like a fan of it. Do you reckon? I think it's hard for me to give an opinion on that because I am a big fan of it. No, well, I'm a bit like this. I know a song, but I won't know what it's called. And I think I had it was like this for me for a long time. Obviously, now I know that it's Under the Bridge. Well, when we get off mic, I want you to go to Spotify and I want you to check out the All Saints version. Okay, I will. Please do, thank you. Take, take, uh, they're a cool band, so that's fine. And like I said, it has the stamp of approval from the original. This was a great choice. And in another news, there is a new Red Hot Chili Peppers album out, and it's really good. 
Love that for them. And they've got their, not original guitarist back, but like their like successful long-term guitarist. Yeah, the guy that did it for a long time with them. Did Californication, did this album. Yeah, good good, good guitarist. Mm. Right, your next one. <laughs> okay, so my next song is... I'm going to go with Two Can Play At That Game by Bobby Brown and K-Class. Um, so I chose this because I really like that like 90s dance music kind of thing. Yeah, like the disc like it's almost like 90s version of disco. Yeah, and a lot of them are quite generic. And this is actually a song. I was like, oh, I want this one. I saw it on the list and I was like, oh, I want that. I want that. That's for me. I'm having that. I did not know it was by Bobby Brown. But this is a classic. It's a banger. It's such a good song. It's I've really been enjoying song. listening to it in preparation. There have been times where I will put on like a specific Bobby Brown song onto on Spotify and be like, I want music from this. Like this kind of vibe. Yeah. All the time. Like every he little, actually, every this little whole album. I, this I, whole I, album that this is on is full of classics. Yeah. So good. I always just thought he was the my prerogative guy. Well, he is that guy. He is. That's like what I always knew him as. I actually knew him as, oh, Britney did one of his songs. <laughs> that's, that's the, like, <laughs> there's a clip of him when Whitney goes to pick him up from prison and um, his phone's ringing. He's got Toxic by Britney as his ringtone. <laughs> and he like turns to the camera. He's like, she took my songs. I took hers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> the whole setting of it. It was um that series, you know, the whole kiss my ass. Kiss that, my ass. That, it was from that whole MTV series. The less yeah. said about it, the better. You did love that. Yeah, moments of it are, are iconic. I've never seen it all the way through, but I um, I do. I enjoy enjoy certain clips of it. Yes, it's always the husbands, isn't it? Because Britney's um MTV series was like spearheaded by Kevin. Was it? Was this spearheaded by Bobby then? Yeah, it was called Being Bobby Brown. But oh, Whitney, yeah, of course it was. But Whitney was obviously in it because you can't be Bobby Brown when you're married to Whitney Houston and not include Whitney Houston in your yeah. documentary. Like a Kevin Federline documentary series couldn't not include Britney Spears. Yeah. So there's some parallels, some cinematic parallels between the two. I think my mum actually had a Bobby Brown LP, maybe. Really? Like from the 80s. Yeah, so this is like not what I would... This is just not the sort of music I thought he did. I think that's why I didn't think it was Bobby Brown. Yeah. It's great. So there's a song from the 80s called Every Little Step, which I like to listen to quite a lot. I think I know it. Every little step I take. I do know it. <laughs> that is the first time ever making this podcast where you've sung me a little snippet of a song and I've gone, oh yeah, I know it. Because it's good. It's a tune. And this it is a tune. It's a club classic from the 90s. Yeah, I was kind of going for that vibe. This, you know, like Robin S, um, yeah. Show Me Love. But that felt like that. That is also from 92. Hart would play this on a Friday night. Yes, they would. And that's what we want. That's I do vibe. love that like, genre of music. Like, um, oh, what else is it? Return of the Mac? Yes. 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 Return of the Mac. Uh, 
I can't even think of any right now, which is really annoying, but I know what I mean. But I, I do love I like 90s R&B because it's like, um, like Brandy and Monica. T- TLC. Yeah, TLC. On Vogue. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. So much good stuff. Good All right, stuff. give me your next choice. Uh, to keep it in the theme then, shall we go for Janet and Luther? If we must. Let's go, <laughs> Let's go for <sighs> Janet and Luther, the best things in life are free. You can give them to the birds and bees. I, I want money. money. No, it's not that one. <laughs> Janet Jackson and Luther Vandross singing um, this song, which was, I believe, from a soundtrack. I mean, it's actually from a movie soundtrack. Makes That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but I can't remember what the movie was because I don't, I'm not sure that I care. This is, you know, a really informative episode of the podcast. <laughs> Really done a lot of research today. It was recorded for the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis produced soundtrack to the 1992 American film Mo Money starring Damon Wyans. So there we go. Okay. And um, those two producers are iconic and have a lot of hits under their belt. Well, there's nothing. Well, this you said to me earlier that this song is really chaotic. Yes. And it is. But... Ah, yes. It felt like I saw it. I so I saw it originally when I was trying to make my choices. I was like, oh yeah, that's a bit, that's a bit of mooey. So because it kept coming out really high up on lists of like successful songs from the year 1992. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a bit of me. But I didn't really listen to it. Um, and then you picked it, so obviously I had to listen to it. And it felt like Luther picked the song and Janet picked the backing track. Yeah. <laughs> and they just did it. So the reason that I picked this song is because my mum really loves this song. Um, and obviously, my, my mum's a considerably important part of my life. She had a pretty pretty mental 1992. Um, birthing a child. Birthing her, her first child. Um, but when I listened to it properly, I was like, mum, what the fuck? This is Janet Jackson being really mad. Like, why do you like this song? And she's like, I don't really know. <laughs> It's really weird because Luther as well. A Luther Vandross Janet Jackson duet has all the potential to be maybe one of the best songs ever made. And it's just not. But it's quite sentimental. So when I was little, well, so this song came out in like May, or like in May in the US and like July in the UK in 1992. Yeah. And um obviously I so I was born in April and um my mum used to sing this to me when I was a baby, but she'd sing. How do how do the lyrics go, George? Sing it to me. The best thing in life are free, like that. And then she'd go, especially little babies called Emily. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. It's that is really, really, really cute. Aww. <laughs> so, uh, and she tells me that story all the time. All the time she tells me that story. And because she also used to sing um, I Love Your Smile to Me by Shanice, yes, which is a better song. I've touched on before and he's a banger. I have also done before, but this she used to rewrite the lyrics. The best things in life are free, especially little babies called Emily. There we and that's why it's on here. Is it the best song on here? Probably not. It's not the worst. It's just mad. <laughs> 
There's a lot to take in. It does make me want to watch that film, though. Yeah? Mo Money. <laughs> okay. It's a romantic crime comedy. <laughs> <laughs> like Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> Does it feature the song Mo Money, Mo Problems? Because that feels like it should be. I feel like probably. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Singles from Mo Money. We've got the Mo Money groove. <coughs> yes. There's not... I don't know. Damon Wines has got a couple of singles on it. We need to move on. Okay, well, let's stick to the theme of songs that our mums sing then. My next song... <laughs> is Would I Lie to You by Charles and Eddie. Everyone's mum sings this. Everyone's mum sings this, but does your mum... Well, she probably does. My mum changes the words. So she's like, would I lie to you, Georgie? Would I lie to you? Oh. Or like, just whoever's in the vicinity, would I lie to you, Elwood? Would I lie to you, Ollie? Would I lie to you, Alfie? Would I lie to you, Lauren? You know, just whoever's around. Yeah. You've, actually, you've made it difficult for her, to be fair, because uh, you've got a one-syllable name. Yeah, so Georgie, which is no one in the world calls me that other than our friend Kim do you think she'd be able to do it for me would I lie to you have to be Emmy Emmy. Emily's three syllables yeah that's what I thought that's quite um, affectionate yeah she's fine to call me that okay I should pass it on (laughs) Other other than that this song is an absolute banger this was definitely in like my shortlist and then I knew that you were excited about it and I was like right I think George's gonna put that on so I think I'm safe so this is about uh, Charles and Eddie are in a throuple with a woman. Hey! Um, no, I'm making that up. Uh, <laughs> she is suspicious that um, he is cheating on her. And as he says to her in the songs, jealous minds are never satisfied. Yeah. I'm telling you, baby, you will never find another girl in this heart of mine. They are, they are. I mean, do they have any other songs? Don't think so. No, but it is a good one. I really do like this. They're living off the Would I Lie to You checks and yeah. good for them. I feel like it's been covered and sampled quite a lot, though. It's very familiar. It's very it? familiar. Very familiar. I love like the break. I call it like the breakdown. A lot of the songs from this time period had a breakdown. It's just before it kicks back in. They're like, I'm telling you, baby, you will... N-. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Should we do it at karaoke? I think it would be quite good to do at karaoke. Yeah, I think, I think it, it would be too. Off. When I've searched Would I Lie to You, it's come up with a version by Annie Lennox. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like there are other versions of Is it. that the same song, or is that a different song? American singer and former teen idol Donny Osmond covered the song in 2002. That's upsetting. David Guetta also did a version. What? 2016, yeah. Well, okay, but it, it's always come, I always come back to Charles and Eddie. I mean, it made it to the Slovenian number three <laughs> version. What, the David Guetta version? Yeah. I think it was a UK number one, though. Well, our ver- the real version. The real version. The real version was, yeah. 
So they only released two albums. They released 1992's Duophonic and 1995's Chocolate Milk. <laughs> Chocolate rain. <laughs> Some stay dry. <laughs> <in> a- <laughs> They are apparently a great soul duo. Oh, I doubt that very much. It says it here. <laughs> the great soul. It says here, the great soul duo Charles and Eddie topped the charts globally several times in the early 90s, mainly with their international number one hit. <laughs> Would I lie to you? They also dominated the UK's Ivan Novella Awards, winning three in 1992, and they appeared on Top of the Pops three times. Whoa, with one song? Probably. I imagine so. <laughs> I love that their bio is so thin that someone's had to include the amount of times they appeared on top of the box. Like, I like that song, but as if anyone even knew. Do you know what I mean? Knew what? Who Charles and Eddie are? Yeah. They've been on top of the pops three times then, so maybe have some respect. <laughs> um, I'm, my next song's going to be a, a bit of a surprise, I think. Oh, uh. But it's also going to go down the route of it's the confusing one. Um, my next song is Ain't No Doubt by Jimmy Nail. What does you pretend? She's lying. <laughs> She's lying. I freaking love this song. So Jimmy Nail is the same guy that sings Crocodile Shoes, right? Yeah, and he's, and he's, he's actually probably more well-known as an actor. Um, he was in, re- you remember that TV show, Alf Wiedersteyn, Pet? Okay, well, this makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> so um, growing up, my dad would have maybe on rotation like five or six CDs in his car. Yeah. And one of them was very often the album Crocodile Shoes. Yeah. And now it makes sense because that song is nothing like this song. No. It's not like he had a genre. And also now it makes sense because my dad was a big fan of the show Alvida Same Pet. Yeah. <laughs> so I imagine it was a natural succession for him. But I feel like Crocodile Shoes... So I'm looking at um, Jimmy Nail's like filmography as well. And he actually also was in a TV show called Crocodile Shoes. Was it a theme tune? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know enough. I can't say I've I've done a huge amount of research. I just like this one song. And I love spoken word interludes. And it's also quite funky. And I also quite like just, I just like the idea of just this random English guy that we think's an actor is now. I did not know that about him. I mean... I'm shocked. I feel I, like he's more. I feel like he's more an actor, but I don't know if that's because I knew him as an actor and didn't realise he released music. And I think if you realised he released music and didn't know him as an actor, you'd think of him more as a, a musician. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know he was an actor, but I only knew him as the Crocodile Shoes guy. <laughs> so it says here he was also in the movie Evita with Madonna. <laughs> he's actually had quite a good career. We're laughing at him, um, but but Alf the same pet was a big. Was a big thing. Yeah. It was really big. Because they brought yeah, it back, pack. didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. Um, yeah, they did. 
he won several awards for the show, apparently, um, which also launched a best-selling novel. And more awards were forthcoming for his series Crocodile Shoes, <laughs> in which he played a third-rate country singer. There we go. Mail began recording in the 80s and gained in... A, I'm just reading his Wikipedia page <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> That's mental. I and also this guess... this song it was a number one in 1992. We've got a lot duet... of number ones. I'm trying to see has he maybe he's duetted with Madonna ah! like on the soundtrack to Evita. Him and Madonna sing together. Oh my god! Do you know who else is on the soundtrack to Evita? Go on, Andrea Kaur as <laughs> <in> one of the chords. <laughs> what a mad mad time. When I was when I was asking my mum, I was like, which ones do I cut out? Like, which ones do I keep? Which are the best ones? She was like, cut out Jimmy Nail. And I was like, fuck off, my Jimmy Nail. It's so Funny. good. It's an actual banger. It says if I like Jimmy Nail, I might also like wet, wet, wet. That, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, and the beautiful self. Well, yeah, don't mind. Anyway, this is Ain't No Doubt by Jimmy Nail. And I love it. Love it. Yeah, it was. I didn't know it existed. But I'm glad you kept it. I'm glad it made the list. Yeah, it's really good. I'll listen to it more. I really will. I am concerned it's made it, it's going to worm its way onto my um, Spotify rap. No that's, a, that's a worry for me. Maybe it will on mine too. It just nah. kept coming up on all those 1992 playlists. And I was like, this is one of the best songs on here. Not going to lie. And also, it's just so British, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's stupid. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Have we the same pet? Bye then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next song is Supermodel, open brackets, you better work, close brackets by RuPaul. Of course. RuPaul is Until so, yeah, I thought it was around that time, mm. and I was so when we were making this playlist, I thought let's find out because this would be a really, really great addition to the playlist. Yeah, yeah, it came out in November 1992. There we go. So, that's pretty. That's pretty good, I would say, for Rue. Now, I want to say this song. I don't think maybe in any of our lives, our parents, our lives. Anyone that I know's life really made much of an impact at the time of release. No. Obviously, this song has risen to prominence because of the fact that RuPaul never takes a break from our TV screens anymore. Do you remember it's also on the Lizzie McGuire movie soundtrack? No. Mm, it's not Ru's version, though. It's like a cover. It's a cover. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. It's like not. A well-made song. Oh, my God. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off. But do you know who covered it for the Lizzie McGuire movie soundtrack? Go on. Taylor Dane. No. Yeah, as in Tell It To My Heart. Tell It To My Heart. <laughs> yeah, this song went to number 39 in the UK charts. But it's just, I don't know. It feels like it's taken on a life of its own, separate from the fact that it exists. And it's obviously like a homage to... Where Rue came from, like the ball scene in New York yeah. and all of that with the like 
just shouting out, you know, like, Shante, 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 Shante. And basically inspired every last one of his catchphrases that he still dines out on today. Yeah. And I mean, Love. this song has grown like more of a fan base, but it's more because it's more because the show has and people will just take anything that comes along with that show. Yes, I would agree. Um, I will, however, say that Kurt Cobain said it was one of his most favourite songs of the year 1993. Oh, so, I thought you said it was 1992. Apparently Kurt was on so many um, substances <laughs> that he didn't register it in the year 1992. And that's what it says here. It's not even Rue singing most of the song either. It says here the song features spoken word snippets by actress Lawanda Page. But... That says spoken word. There's somebody else singing. Maybe Rue's a better singer than we think. No. <laughs> no. So this was followed up by Rue's um, next single, a cover of Little Drummer Boy. No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you for real? What it says here. It's what it says here. <laughs> it's very strange because I actually think Rue's older music is awful. And then a lot of what he does more recently, is actually pretty good. No, it's all awful. Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> he has some clangers. He has some clangers. Like, I just love that he's, like, not let not being able to sing hold him back. Well, that's how Lin-Manuel Miranda does things. True. I also, I guess when you reach a position of that much power, nobody's going to say no to you, and RuPaul is in that position. If I want to sing, I'm going to sing, God damn it. Mm. Yeah, and that's what he did with this song, and he's just continued to release music since 1992, apparently. Yeah. So I wanted, yeah, I don't know, this for me was more of a weird one, because although it did come out in the year 1992, I feel like until we started watching Drag Race, it wasn't really part of our lives. Yeah, 100%. And now, when you look back on it, like, even the app, like, the cover art, and the, just the, even the, just the way this song's constructed, it's so 90s. Yeah, it's so 90s. It fits in quite well with, like, the Bobby Brown song we spoke about earlier. Yeah, definitely. The music video for the song, featuring RuPaul in various outfits, cavorting around town, became a staple on MTV. <laughs> cavorting. <laughs> I love Wikipedia and Spotify biographies. <laughs> like, they just chat shit. It's brilliant. Should I do my next one? Yeah. My next song is by Crowded House and it's Weather With You. other song i can't believe that we have featured crowded house on this podcast twice. and we will never be able to feature them again em unless one of us suddenly decides to do a deep dive on crowded house i don't think that's ever gonna happen i don't think that's nah. ever gonna happen but this is a great song it's brilliant it's a good sing-along song you could karaoke this as well for sure you could yeah it's great i forgot it existed when you when it said weather with you i was like what I but then prep player was like, oh, I know this one. Yeah. Of course I know this was the example. This was for me the example of I um just didn't know what it was called. Yeah, but you know the song. Mm. I really like the song. So I spoke about this before, and I'll speak about it again in Flight of the Concords in the original radio show. 
um, their band manager thinks that he's best friends with Neil Finn, the the lead singer of um, Graduate House. He's not. And, no, he's not. He rings him up a lot to ask him for advice on how to manage a band. They met, <laughs> they met at a wedding once. And it's difficult to determine whether Neil Finn knows what's going on because it is actually Neil Finn. Right. I don't know if he knows that it, he's part of a radio show or they just somehow have got his number and they're just asking him random questions. <laughs> is he ever in the series or is he only no, in the radio show? No, only in that. And um, so that's, that. narr- that's narrated by Rob Brydon, the original radio show. Is it? Yeah. Does Rob Brydon get to be in the series? No. So in the... Oh, they, they ditched a lot of people on their way to success, didn't they? So the original radio series of like the Concords is a BBC show and it's set in the UK. They're trying to make it in London. Oh, so, okay. a, so Rob Brydon narrates it and Jimmy Carr is in it. There are a couple of other like names in it. And then obviously when HBO picked it up, they wanted to say in New York, the TV show. So mm, it didn't really make okay. sense for, uh, for Rob. Oh, okay. Rob Brydon. have a narrator still and stuff though. No. All of that. No. Oh, okay. I do have the DVD that you bought us um, and I just probably, have never. Probably never watched it. No, we do still have it, though. We haven't sold it. <laughs> well, I can't think of Crowded House without thinking of Crowded House frontman Neil Finn um, from Flight of the Concords. And now, now I just love Crowded House. I love their two songs that I know. Yeah, I. that's brilliant. We've covered all the Crowded House songs that will ever be included <laughs> on this podcast. There will never be another Crowded... Let me... I'm just going to check. I'm just going to check. Is there not another one? You know, maybe we should make it our mission they to include another, more. Another song is called Something So Strong, but I don't, other than Something Inside So Strong. Can't be that one, can it? Nah. They've, you know, they're still releasing music. They had an album out in 2021. Apparently they would try to go on a tour. Try to? Yeah, but COVID. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, sure, yeah, there must be enough people that would go. Yeah. Do you feel like they're the sort of band... The only way I can think to describe this is, so when I worked in the office, there were some youths in the office. Oh, and no. they, like, talking about the Spice Girls, they were like, I don't really know Wannabe. I wouldn't be able to name you any other songs. And to me, that's quite hurtful. <laughs> but we grew up with the Spice Girls, so I think we obviously know like, a lot more of their music. Yeah. Do you think, like, if we grew up around this time, we'd be like, oh, yeah, this one and this one and this one, that like, we'd know a lot more Crowded House songs? I think so. But I, don't, just, I still don't think the, my mum would be able to tell me a lot because I don't think she's had any interest in Crowded House. No, that's fine, isn't it? They're not for everyone. They're for dads. It's a dad band. It's definitely a dad band. Maybe I should listen to them more. Oh, this is the start, isn't it? This is it. I'm going to be a Crowded House fan. I'm going to be ringing up Neil Finn. <laughs> Asking for advice on how to edit a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my last song, my last song from the year 1992 was Christmas Number 1. In the year 1992. And it was the Whitney Houston cover that of I Will Always Love You. This song, I have avoided this song. For so long, for so many reasons. I'm obviously a massive Dolly Parton fan, and so I am loyal to the Dolly version, the original. Yeah. But they are two different songs. And I think I've had, you know, growth and becoming, you know, more mature has 
taught me that that you know they are both good songs they're just different songs they're the very only different very different the only thing the only thing that's the same is the lyrics that apart from that i don't even think the music's the same well yeah other than that and the fact that dolly is raking in the dough with um with the whitney version you know that's great did it get much success no no, if we're being honest, it was a country music hit. Was it, and, was it a single or was it an album? Yeah, so it was a single. So Dolly wrote it. It's actually very different to the Whitney Houston version in that. So Whitney's is obviously about a romantic love, saying goodbye to a boyfriend who you're going to miss, but know that you have to like step aside. Whereas Dolly's version, Dolly, you know, boring story short, Dolly had decided to break away from her long-term um, business partner, who was also one of her best friends. Things got quite nasty and he basically sued her for a lot of money. So Dolly wrote I Will Always Love You as like a goodbye to their friendship. Yeah. And so they're just two very different songs, two very different things. Mm. Um, Elvis Presley wanted to cover it at one point, um, but he wanted 50% of the publishing rights. And Dolly said, nah, absolutely not. And I bet she's glad she held on to those. Because now she gets all the publishing rights from the Whitney Houston version. Well, yeah, because it's, pr- it's one of the biggest selling singles of all time. Yeah, it comes up on every list. I think it was pretty much one of, one of if not the biggest song of 1992, other than Stay by Shakespeare's Sister. It's really weird because I think I skip it a lot. Like if I'm having a Whitney Houston moment, listen to some that kind of music, I tend to skip I Will Always Love You because it's a bit overplayed. Uh, you, you know, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think it's really, really overplayed. But when you listen to it, when you actually... Listen to it when you're forced to because someone puts it on an episode of a podcast and you're going to have to listen to it. <laughs> you re- like you hear it, you're like, oh my god, she is so good. Mm. It is a, a well constructed song. It's like um, her arrangement is really good. Yes, I would agree. I always thought like, oh, wouldn't it be great if they sung it together? But I just don't know how it would ever have worked. No, I don't. Like, I think Do- Dolly's wonderful, but vocally she cannot hold up. <laughs> Well, I would, you know, I'd politely disagree with that one. But um, You think locally very... that Dolly Parton could hold up to Whitney Houston? Okay, not when you say it like that. <laughs> um, she does have a wonderful big, she does have a belt on her. Yeah, but she's got she's a great not... voice, but there's certain people that just can't, you just can't, no point. Whitney's, no, Whitney's known as the voice for a good reason, yeah. isn't she? Good choice. Well, obviously it's a good choice because it's one of the best, most successful songs of all time. I would like to... You know, people say, oh, what concert would you like? I don't know if you've ever been asked, like, oh, what concert would you like to go to if you could go back in time? Mm. One of them, I would love to go to the Bodyguard Tour in 1992. Oh, you would have seen Michelle hit- Visage too. <laughs> oh, I meant just to hear Whitney hit at her absolute peak. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, my God, the biggest fucking spider has just walked in the room. Hi. Where is it? On the floor? Yeah, it's massive. Wilson! No, because oh my god, he will he'll flip. He's got oh, he's running towards it. What is po- he's got it? Oh my god, Emmy, he's got it. Is he eating it? Uh no, it's you know they do that thing where they freeze and curl all their legs up. Yeah. He's done that whenever it gets near, and then Wilson doesn't really understand. I think he thinks he's killed it. Is he less interested in it? And he's kind of watching it and following it around. I'll give you an update. I'll update us as we go. Okay. What's your last song? My last song is uh Make It Happen by it's by Mariah Carey. Oh, 
Not you bringing the Mariah Carey song and not me. So I almost bought this. Do you remember back when we recorded with the Honest Vocal Coach? Yes, Em, I remember when we recorded with the Honest Vocal Coach. <laughs> and if I'd bought this song, <clears throat> Mariah Carey, I would have won, I think, that. I would have got, because I think she would have liked it if I'd bought this song instead of the Mariah Carey song that I bought, which was from the same album. Really, oh, yeah! Really she liked really it. liked the no-no, didn't she? Yeah, but I think if I pushed make with make it happen rather than the song that I bought from this album, mm-hmm. she would have picked she would have picked make it happen because she was even talking about it then about how much Mariah Carey's like voice changes in this song, like how she can she has low lows and high highs and it's like I love it because it's like she's competing with herself. Yeah. Like, like oh, you did that. Well, I can do this. Yeah, but it's her. Yeah, she's just having an argument with herself about how. Amazing, she can sing. This is Mariah at her peak. This is my favorite. Like, I actually really love this this whole album. I love these really soulful songs. Um, it's great. It's great. She sings amazingly on it. I uh, like. She's so young and her big curly hair and everything. oh, like it's really her big yeah. Full. I loved it. So she actually talks about writing this song mm. um, in her autobiography. And she talk, it's literally all completely based in truth. You know where she's like, um, no shoes on my feet, sometimes I couldn't eat. Like, that's literally her life when she moved to New York and started trying to make it. Oh, that yeah, obviously that's what it's about. That makes total sense. Yeah. So you know like, when people say, oh, she's a diva, she's this, she's that. Sometimes I think, like, yeah, but fucking let her have it. Let her enjoy she her. Ridic- earned it. Yeah, let her enjoy her ridiculous demands. Mm. Because... She's experienced horrible things, so let her yeah. be let her be a diva. As long as she's not rude to people, it's fine, isn't it? She is. She's funny. <laughs> she is. A lot of people don't understand the humour. <laughs> I feel like she is quite. She is still quite rude to people. Ah, uh, yeah. I think in her mind, she's being like demanding or like being rude, like uh, being a boss. But it just comes across as rude. I also have a theory that, you know, since she was, like, such a big star, she had, she's had 19 US number one songs, this being one of them. And I feel like she was such a golden goose for, like, record label people that she was just allowed to get away with being awful. (laughs) Because she was making people so much money. Yeah, they didn't care. Yeah, they thought, whatever, just as long as you can perform at the end of the day, we couldn't care less how you are people. Um, update Wilson got the spider it is now dead um, rest in peace rest I don't in want peace. it in my face Mariah the spider <laughs> oh, I don't want it in my face I'm on a microphone you fucking idiot hello everyone <laughs> that's wow. staying that's staying in <laughs> I know it is I know it is <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut out all the facts about Mariah Carey but the saga of the spider is <laughs> No, this was fantastic. I think this is the best playlist we've ever made. Really? Yeah, with some rejigging of the order, because you wouldn't want to open with Stay by Shakespeare's Sister. No, you'd need that in the middle, and then because you need to be brought up again. Yeah, and then you'd end on I Will Always Love You, I think. Yeah. Do you know what else this playlist would be really good for? We've said it a couple of times, but because we've said it a couple of times, I feel like it would be just like a good, like a 10 song karaoke. Med- like, do you know what I mean? You could just do one or yes. the other in karaoke. Maybe not. Yeah, I think maybe not of them supermodel. 
because there's not really a lot of singing involved, yeah. is there? But I think, yeah, all of them bar Supermodel probably work really well as karaoke songs. Because even like, I Will Always Love You, you would just shout it, wouldn't you? And that bit at the beginning, you'd think you, you think you could get like right up there. What do, you <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Em, Em, what type of coordination does Whitney struggle with? And I. And I. <laughs> 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 oh, I love that. I love that. Right, what song of mine is going on the mega playlist? It's Jimmy Nail. Is it? It's not what I thought. I thought going into this recording, maybe it would be Janet and Luther because of because of just how bonkers it is. I thought Mariah Carey because of my own personal taste. But we've had so much fun talking about Jimmy Nail. It's got to be Jimmy Nail. Mine from yours this week is going to be two to play that game. Nice. Because I do do do. We just need more nineties club classics on the on the mega playlist. Lovely stuff. This has been so much fun. We are. We've, we're enjoying a little break, but we have noticed that you're all still listening. So thanks for that. Yeah, thanks for listening. It helps. And we've been popping up on a few other people's podcasts along the way. And there's more to come. So that's fun. There is. We are also looking to release some more specials over the next couple of months. So keep your ears and eyes open for those. But other than that, uh, happy birthday, Em. Thank you. Happy 30th birthday. Just think, you're in your early 30s. Turning 30. I'm turning 30. No. Um, so uh, if you don't know by now, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at songsforwhenpod. You can find all of our playlists that we've made so far on Spotify if you just search songs for when. They are all there. Lovely. We're going to end this week... I'm not sure lyrically what I'm going to say about it, but with probably what was the best song of 1992 that neither of us put on our fucking playlist <laughs> because we thought the other one was going to do it. It's literally the best song of 1992. Do you remember when it was performed on The Only Way Is Essex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was performed on The Only Way Is Essex by Lauren. Lauren? Lauren Kutcher? Yeah, and it's performed... In its original standing by C.C. Peniston. And it is finally. And that's going to be. Finally, she's turning 30. Finally! I honestly can't believe we, just, we forgot about this song. What madness. What, jokers. Jokers. Okay, well, that was lovely. Yeah.